Good morning. I want to bring up some dreams. They're confession and repentance dreams. Um, in the in the first one, there was a there was a cylindrical chamber, and I, I, it was maybe filled with some kind of fluid. And um, one by one, um, the people in the dream and me were descending into this chamber for a while, and then emerging um, like 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 uh, refreshed in some deep way. And actually, like, the idea in the dream was this was a confession and repentance chamber, and we were really appreciating this this immersion. And uh, a little bit later, I turned back and looked at the chamber from from far away, rather, you know, rather than being in it. And um, it had kind of concave sides, and it was kind of gray concrete, and it looked it looked like a like a nuclear reactor. And um, and there was kind of like this concern of like, are we like are we going in like radioactive water? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> and you know, is there something toxic about this? Are we harming ourselves? And so in the dream, the, the initial impulse is like, well, can, can, how to um, make sure this, this chamber was actually okay. Um, but, but when I kind of reflect on it, um, I, I feel like there, you know, there was something really life-giving about going into this chamber and it was working with uh, this radioactive stuff, like, you know, painful histories. And it's also like really powerful. Um, so that, you know, in, in, our, in our Zen tradition, East Asian Buddhist tradition, um, the term for confession and repentance is sangye in Japanese. Um, and san is a transliteration of a Sanskrit word, which was initially interpreted as confession. And ge is a Chinese word meaning um, repentance, or you know, feeling remorse, regret, or pain in relationship to like, some past action. And as a compound, sange, um, sometimes it's just translated as confession. Sometimes just translated repentance. Um, in our chanting, when we when it, when sangha appears in the opening chant today, it's we say confession and repentance. Um, sometimes we also just translate it as a vow. So we have a, we have like a repentance verse, a confession verse from the Avantamsaka Sutra that we chant, and we do this um, as part of. Uh, full moon ceremony, precept ceremonies, ordinations. Um, when I trained at Tassahara, we would do it three times every morning. And so that's um, all my ancient twisted karma from beginning this greed, hate, and delusion, born through body, speech, and mind. I now fully avow. So that's avow is sangha. And so I want to try and speak, you know, from this, from this context of Zen practice, confession and repentance as um, 
liberative and transformative and alive and like interrupting you know the 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 nonstop reenactment of suffering um so confession or the kind of the son of sangha involves acknowledgement or revealing revealing myself that's a disclosure and it could just be a disclosure to myself it could be a disclosure to a buddha or buddhas or awakening it could be a disclosure to a friend uh, to a teacher to a whole community to a sangha and as a practice you know it it includes like awareness uh honesty uh sensitivity uh humility and you know when i can acknowledge and fully own you know what i've done and the impacts you know i am having i can see more clearly more fully and my you know afflictions mental afflictions and greed hate and delusion and all the ways that those have like been elaborated in my like uh my karmic stream uh these are they these grow and thrive in lack of awareness you know so this this acknowledgement is part of facing it and being able to address it and being able to liberate liberate these uh patterns of suffering and the opposite of confession what could be denial or hiding or concealing or forgetting uh, avoiding erasing uh, obscuring uh closing down and all these tend to stasis and in in our in our practice um confession full confession uh there's acknowledging the acts uh, the actions the impacts and there's also acknowledging the causes and conditions you know so in the in this in this opening chant the ehe kosu hotsugonmon which means um ancestor ehe's or that's um, dogen uh, dogen's arousing the vow so this is his writing on his um his arousing the bodhisattva vow giving rise to this aspiration to wake up with all beings and dogen is the founder of this varsoto zen lineage in japan 13th century zen teacher so and so dogen so one of the things we recited is quietly explore the farthest reaches of these causes and conditions you know so so in the when i've done harm 
you know, to investigate and inquire into the whole ecology of harm. And so how, 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 how I was conditioned, how I was shaped to do something or to have a harmful impact. And so this, um, and this is like, you know, a, a cultivation of presence, you know, illumination. And Dogen also speaks like, you know, he's uh, melting the root of transgressions. You know, so ultimately, you know, this, this goes down to, in, 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 our, in the story of our practice of like the root of suffering, is um, this a kind of a fundamental delusion of apprehending our lives through uh, the appearance of separation. So this is like, so this fundamental delusion is kind of like the, the ultimate point where confession is landing and where it lands in awakening. It's, it's like the, it's the, the pivot at the bottom of our suffering. Um, Shanti Deva, a kind of a wondrous, uh, Mahayana Indian um, Bodhisattva. Uh, he said, the protection of all beings is accomplished through the examination of one's own mistakes. So the protection of all beings is accomplished through the examination of one's own mistakes. Like what I don't look at, like what I won't face uh, runs my life. And so, you know, so, and, and so, and to think from a bodhisattva perspective, um, denial is, is a disaster. And um, this whole process of like, looking at harm, looking at my mistakes, looking at my shortcomings, uh, needs to be imbued with compassion. So really, uh, we do this uh, with a lot of tenderness. So confession, it's, 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 it's a practice of kindness of gentleness, it's riding on compassion. And it's opening you know, deeper, uh, wider potentials for compassion. It's opening um, intimacy and real love. You know, and a few weeks ago when uh, Kosen spoke, he talked about how you know, mercy and accountability you know, go together. And to acknowledge is, is to take responsibility. You know, and I, I, I didn't choose my condition. 
I, I didn't choose how I was like shaped by my upbringing, but, but now that I've been like shaped by it, um, I'm an agent. I'm an agent of this stuff. I'm an agent of my conditioning. And I, I can take responsibility for that or not. Not taking responsibility for it, I perpetuate it. If I want to uh, liberate these cycles of suffering, I need to take responsibility for how I've been shaped. And this affirms my agency. And then confession is also about the, the liberative potentials, particularly of sharing. So of, of, um, of disclosing, of saying, potentially saying out loud, you know, stuff I might want to hide or deny. And finding, finding skillful ways to do that and, skill, and, and skillful contexts. You know, it's, but keeping it to myself um, is isolated, isolating. And again, this goes with stasis. So part of confession is, is um, by its nature, is about uh, that we're relational beings. And so, you know, who do I share? Who do I share this stuff with? You know, this can be very vulnerable stuff. And it can be toxic. You know, so I want to be like a discerning, you know. Do I trust this person or this group, you know, or this context for, for what I might want to share? And even if it feels safe, you know, to, to inquire, like, could this be harmful to share? Um, one of the practice offerings at Brooklyn Zen Center is um, the Bodhisattva Path of Liberation, uh, Racial Suffering, and Collective Liberation. And um, I participated, it's like, a ten, I think, a 10-month program as it exists now. And I did this back in 2021-22. And as part of this offering, I was, I was in a, um, a small group of white identified people. And as we met together over the course of the program, um, we, we grew trust together. And, we, and I would say another way of saying what we were doing was creating a circle of confession and repentance. And it was a space that could hold this, this uh, toxic material of our conditioning in, in white supremacy culture. And so, I, and, I, and I felt like for this, like a part of the function of an affinity group is trust. And part of it is also this um, finding appropriate places for sharing stuff that can be harmful. And I kind of, in a kind of broader sense, I feel like we're, we practice confession a lot here at Brooklyn Zen Center. 
Um, a lot of, we, you know, we have these one-on-one -on -one meetings with the teacher, Doksan. It's a lot of confession. People don't necessarily say confession, but they're, we, it's confession. Um, offering a talk, question and answer. Um, check-ins, you know, after morning zazen, or, or we have check-ins before meetings. They're often confession, or they're just, they're, they're disclosing what's happening. And so this is part of our sangha practice. And that sangha is not a bunch of um, isolated individuals who just happen to be together in a room. But it, it's part of the truth of how uh, we're always with each other. We're always practicing together with all beings. This is our life. Even in my most private moment, uh, everyone is with me. By my nature. And, you know, and when I attune to that, when I can feel you with me, I feel supported to practice. Or, you know, it broadens me to uh, open to how everyone is here. Or, all beings with me here is um, deep practice. All beings with me here is awakening. And I, have this, I might have this vivid experience of separation, of a kind of enclosure of individualism. And, you know, and sharing Practicing together, confession is like um, reaching through, you know. And so I want to find I want to find friends and teachers and communities I can um, practice confession with or in. Um, repentance or the gay of Sangye. Um, can involve you know, feeling or expressing some pain, some discomfort, um, some regret about a past act. And again, like this is uh, compassion is pervading this practice. It's rooted in compassion and rooted in self-respect and i would say it's also i don't see this as rehashing a painful event over and over but opening to the suffering um, of something i've done um, and I, I, I experience this as a kind of grief. I, you know, a grief uh, for the harm, uh, the suffering, my, my, my own and, you know, my impacts on others. And, you know, like grief, I feel like this, the pain of repentance can, has its own life. Um, 
its own kind of like you know like winding path. And so I don't I don't actually necessarily see it as like something to get over or get past. I'm not seeking uh, for closure. Or like I would say liberative confession and repentance. The whole gesture is not towards closing, it's uh, opening. And that this pain, part of the pain I'm opening to in repentance is actually a pain of connection. And when the pain is real for me, uh, healing and liberation can be real. Uh, Zen teacher named Katagiri, we say, we say Katagiri Roshi, old teacher, Katagiri, um, said, repentance is perfect openness of heart. So this, and with this openness of heart, opening to the pain of the harm, the pain of the harm I've caused, grieving what I've done. I can grieve you know, the conditions and the lineages and the histories that are landing here and, and you know, here between us. You know, legacies of harm and violence and dehumanization. You know, so repentance can be, you know, emerging in the context, you know, of cultures and systems of harm. Uh, disconnection. And this is a, um, this is a somatic practice. You know, it's a body practice, a deep body uh, heart mind practice and you know it's a uh, in the practice of intimacy you know so compassionately becoming you know intimate you know with this pain as it's in my body you know through all the the layers of insulation or avoidance, adaptations. Uh, traditionally, uh, repentance um, has this kind of feeling, and then it also in includes like expressions of regret, apology, uh, asking for forgiveness. Um, you know, um, repairing, making amends. And um, and the idea is that it's a it's a a genuine change of heart or a turning point, you know, a conversion, a commitment to to you know to not do this harm again. And so it connects to vow, you know. So the, and so in Dogen's Hotsu Ganmon, he's he's talking about confession and repentance. It's in the context of giving rise to this vow, this vow to wake up with all beings. And, to, and part of what 
you know, in the traditional um, discourse around repentance in East Asian Buddhism, um, to be intimate with the pain is this link. It's affirmed, not as kind of like something we have to punish ourselves, but that the pain of just opening to the suffering is, is the ground on which um, this a real change, a real change of heart actually unfolds. Um, along with um, compassion, I would also say that like, confession and repentance are like, resting on faith, ever-deepening faith. And in, in Zen, it's, we say faith in Buddha nature or true nature. Or in the Hotsu Gaman, like revering Buddhas and ancestors, we are one Buddha and one ancestor. And so we're invited uh, you know, to see ourselves and to see each other as like profound spiritual potential, un undefinable, um, exactly as we are. And no matter what we've done, So with a, uh, developing a, a deep sense of self-worth, that Buddha actually is our life. Um, another one of my favorite sayings from the Buddhist tradition in East Asia is, even the greatest transgressions can be repented. And so this is, this is our faith. Or, or you could also, I, another way of saying that I feel it would be like, all conditioning can be transformed. So our nature is awakening. It can't be broken. Or it can't be uh, cut off. And so we're, we're not so interested in like kind of states of innocence and guilt, which, you know, can, you know, tend to be I don't think they really apply to people. And, we, you know, Dogen says, like, you, you can confess your lack of faith. And so it's sort of like, and confessing your lack of faith as a practice of faith. And, you know, so confession, like, compassionately allowing my lack of faith you know, my doubt, you know, to have a voice. So that's welcome. And this faith is not really about belief. You know, so also in the Hotsu Ganman, Dogen says the true mind of faith and the true body of faith. Or, or a trust. So faith is living in my whole body and mind, not, not, not in a conceptual framework. And that this is something that's it's an organic thing. We grow in, in our life, in zazen, in presence.
and faith and compassion, you know, support confession and repentance uh, to be like a deep, sincere, wholehearted, open-ended, you know, unending examination of myself and including you know, more and more of my life. It's like I, I, have, I have a vow, I have like the deepest request of my heart and confession and repentance like are gathering my whole life, integrating my whole life into this, my deepest request, the inmost request, you know, my, my uh, core vow. You know, and we're in, in part of the faith is, you know, we're uncondemnable. And, you know, we can't really appreciate that fully and live it. We can't live it fully without this, without this deep process of confession and repentance. And it's said that this, like, um, a spirit of genuine repentance is hard to maintain. to have a, a compassionate, critical self-reflection. You know, so making space, holding space, opening space in my body, in my heart, in my mind, in my interactions, you know, for acknowledgement. Um, here's another confession and repentance dream. Actually, I, th I you know, I reflected on this and I thought, well, like, I th like in my dream life, like integration is like this big driving force, and and in integration, I feel like this core of confession and repentance, and so maybe that's part of the why this is so dreamy. <laughs> Um, so it's uh, it's dusk, and I'm in a lean-to, uh, and um, I'm in a, lying on the floor with, in a sleeping bag, and my son Loka is with me, and um, there's a really large bug flying around very close to us, um, and it's like black, and it's got it's like a wasp, and that has like a big stinger. Then it's also got like a glowing abdomen, like a lightning bug. So it's like a wasp, very large wasp lightning bug. And it's flying right up to our faces, and um, which is sort of like uncomfortable. And so I'm blowing it away. I'm like, go, go away, go away. And um, it tries like three times. And then I, I keep blowing it away. Finally, it, it flies away. And then this huge storm comes up. And so, and like, so there's like, we're getting wet, like rain is like feeding uh, into the lean-to. There's this big winds, this huge like rubber matting in front of the lean-to. It gets blown up against the lean-to and I'm like, I'm standing up and trying to push that, this huge thing down. And um, it's sort of a chaos. And then I, then again, very kind of like serenely, I see the bug right over here and I'm like, like, oh, yeah, the bug is, the bug's causing this. And, um, 
and uh and then also i realized like i i need to i need to i need to swallow the bug <laughs> this is very clear to me so i so i just think so i just open my mouth and the bug uh, flies in and then i'm like okay like i don't really want to i don't want to bite down on the bug so i i just i just swallow it whole and um and um things are very calm and so you know so so the um Loka and I are kind of relieved of, of the storm and kind of protected, protected from the storm. And so, so anyway, this, this speaks to me of, of confession and repentance. <laughs> and, um, you know, this, this wasp creature with this big, fierce stinger and like and the repentance and also this like a uh, lightning bug like illumination you know, like acknowledgement uh confession and the and the realization in the dream like this is uh, i need to own this i need to let this in i need to allow this in to swallow it to accept it you know, this is part of me and some faith or some trust like Okay, I I trust in I trust in allowing this because it can seem really threatening. Even to even to touch some things we might have done or some events in our lives might feel like it could annihilate us, and that's part of the trust we're developing. The trust, like, I welcome whatever there is. Um, and I feel like this and confession and repentance can be something it can be an individual practice it can also be like a collective practice in communities lineages um, institutions can engage in processes of confession and repentance and also there can be general confession and repentance like our verse and there's but there's also there's a um, specific confession and repentance. Um, you know, James Baldwin writes, you know, history is not the past. It is the present. And he also wrote, the great force of history comes from the fact that we carry it within us are unconsciously controlled by it in many ways, and history is literally present in all that we do. And so, you know, I feel this reflected in some of the conversations and sharing that have been happening at Brooklyn Zen Center. Um, in March, uh, Ryan uh, shared, you know, he spoke to some of the histories of Soto Zen in the U.S., um, including like uh, the founding of like Zen Shuji in LA and Sokoji in San Francisco, uh, the incarceration of Japanese Americans during World War II, which started with the priests, the Buddhist priests. They were the first. 
And then also in the 60s, a kind of a split between Sokoji and the San Francisco Zen Center Sanghas. And so facing this history, you know, confessing and repenting in detail, these can be part of a healing process. Um, we also had a, a recent series on abolition on Wednesday evenings. Um, Peter, uh, you know, presented on the history of mass incarceration in the U.S. And you know, I think it's a it's a harrowing and horrific history, and it's and it's very much here, you know, systemic, structural, racialized dehumanization. So these are histories um, to face, you know, to face with practice, with presence. Uh, you know, Ibram X. Kendi writes that, you know, the heartbeat of racism is denial. And the heartbeat of anti-racism is confession. So just, I wanted to kind of offer Zazen as a confession and repentance chamber. And where I can feel what I haven't been able to feel, face uh, what I haven't been able to face. Audre Lorde wrote, the white fathers told us, I think, therefore I am. The black goddess within each of us, the poet, whispers in our dreams, I feel, therefore I can be free. So in sitting to welcome, welcome my histories, my conditioning, welcome what I, what I haven't fully felt. And this can be a daily practice and like walking through my particular forest of thorns. Um, and just wholeheartedly present, not trying to fix it, not trying to change it. When I, when I try to fix my delusion even a little bit, I miss the non-duality of delusion and Buddha. And so part of the magic or the power of confession and repentance is opening to this non-duality. You know, and this is in, in Buddha, not out there, Buddha not in here, but you know, Buddha is um, radical, you know, non-dual relationality. Okay. Thank you all very much. May our intention equally penetrate every... Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the Brooklyn Zen Center. Our programs are given free of charge and made possible by the donations we receive. For more information on supporting Brooklyn Zen Center, please visit the giving section of brooklynzen.org.